Welcome to Hive Mind, the weekly podcast from the Beehive Network, where we talk the latest and greatest in pop culture. I'm Meg Walter in boardroom today with Nick Morley and Eli McCann. Does it sound janky? I wish people could awful. people could answer us back. <laughs> Due to a scheduling error on my part, we are not in the studio today. We are in a very official boardroom where we are going to decide lots of people's futures. <laughs> It kind of makes it probably sound, you know how like sometimes big podcasts will do like the live show? Yeah. We just need, can we have like a laugh track or like an audience? Fumbling in the background. Today we're in the, we're in an auditorium with all of our fans. Cincinnati, (laughs) woo What have you guys been watching? I've been, okay, so I'll start. Uh, I found out this weekend that Skylar, uh, my boyfriend, is, had never seen The Color Purple. Oh, neither have I. Have you? Yeah, of course I have. That's an abomination. And that's exactly what I told him was that it should be required viewing. And so I sat him down on Friday night and forced him to watch the whole thing. And he was like not excited about it. But like 10 minutes in, I looked over and he, had, he was like sobbing. And I looked at him, and he's like, look away! <laughs> it's phenomenal. It has Whoopi Goldberg, Oprah Winfrey in it. And I think that, like, Whoopi Goldberg is has such a personality, and she's sort of an American icon that we sometimes forget that she's actually an incredible actress. And she is so, so good in that movie. Weird, too. Whoopi and Oprah are, like, 29 in it. And they look like babies. Really? It's worth going back to watch it just to see. It's like, been years since what I've year? seen it. it 1983 <clears throat> uh, or 5. I can't remember which. Okay. Yeah. But it was it, mid-80s. And so it was like before they were who they are, you know, now. And and so. Um, but how, does, how does Oprah do? Oprah's great. She's great in it. And so they have very different personalities. Their characters, Whoopi's personality in it is she's kind of very subdued, but sort of eternally optimistic in a very quiet way. And Oprah's character is like very strong willed, like doesn't take like no crap from no man. And so she's sort of like this counter character to what Whoopi's is. And it's, it's a very interesting dynamic, but they're both phenomenal in it. So there's that. Um, we are going to talk about sharp objects today. One other thing I'll mention is what's the David Letterman show that he has on Netflix now? Oh, my next guest needs no introduction. It's, is that, it, that's the full name of it? Isn't it? I think so. My next guest needs no introduction. I think so. Wow. Um, we should look that up yeah. because that sounds Back really check. wonky. Anyway, I have uh, not been that interested in watching it, but he interviewed Tina Fey, and I watched that one over the weekend, and it's it's really good. Tina Fey's, you know, she's she's just a fascinating person, yeah. and um, her interview was really really good with him. It was uh, interesting throughout. My favorite part though was she's talking. He he brought up the topic of you know you've done a lot for like female comedians and writers because for a long time it was really hard for women to get jobs writing for shows and yada 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 and she's like yeah and she politely talks about it and then he says you know I just it's something that when I you know I, when I had my show my late night talk show I, I really only ever had male writers and and I guess I just uh, you know I just assumed that why would a woman you know a talented woman want to come in and write for a, a little janky show like like I had you know and he's like doing that thing yeah 
And she, she like cuts him off in the middle of it. And she's like, we do, we do want to write for that JP show. <laughs> and like the audience kind of like well plots and then they just awkwardly move on. <laughs> Cause she's just like, I'm not putting up like this. These excuses are so obnoxious that like, well, you know, you wouldn't want to yeah. you know this. And we're actually doing it for you. And yeah. so anyway, I would recommend watching at least that episode. I haven't seen any of the others. Cool. Nick, what have you been watching? Okay. Excited to get your guys' take on this. I never finished Mad Men. I never finished the last few seasons. So to reintroduce myself into the world, started season one last week. Does not age well. Really? I mean, from episode one to like five, I mean, with all the sexual harassment stuff that's been happening in the workplace. So it was a little bit... kind of a wake-up call for, like, has TV changed that much? In the, When did it come out? It was, like, 2010? Oh, before that, like, probably 2006. Six? Hmm. Yeah. So it's been 12 years now. A lot has happened, especially with, with women in the workplace. and With Matthew Weiner, too. Right. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Should I not be watching that? <laughs> <laughs> I But um, that, that's the first thing that came to mind when I was watching the first few episodes was like, did we, we didn't care about this stuff because it was just good TV. Like, maybe we did. Like, our, our morals were like, okay, this is what they're doing. They're terrible people, but does it take on new meaning now? Mm. Um, well, I think because it's a show about the 50s, 60s, you're looking at it as this is what was happening then. Right. So I don't... And there's a lot of historical shows like maybe not like as recent as the 60s where it's like oh yeah that's how we treated people back then but like with modern programming now like do they have to exclude that because of recent events no i don't think so and i don't think anyone watches mad men thinking any of them are good people yeah right like they're all garbage humans oh for the worst except peggy yeah who's the shining star in the universe (laughs) uh so are you gonna watch it all the way through yeah i'm gonna do it all we uh we thought we'd give it another go. You couldn't do, the do it. Whole series again. I couldn't. I couldn't do the pilot episode. Really? Uh, when I well, when we watched Mad Men originally, we didn't have kids. Um, and then in the first episode, Betty asked Don to go get Sally's birthday cake, mm. and he just does. He doesn't come back. Uh, he like finds a dog and spends the day with the dog, and you know goes and. <laughs> sleeps with a random woman and I was so mad at him by the end of the episode I just did not have the emotional fortitude to do another episode really yes it was like a very different paradigm for me watching it a second time having had kids interesting what else are you watching uh that's really it right now takes up a lot of my time so I'm still watching Parks and Rec uh Mm -hmm. Like an episode or two a night just before I fall asleep because I've given up reading books. Um, Good, yeah. 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 Uh, and it's delightful, and I love it. Uh, it's really great. Is this but, your first time through? No. Oh, my gosh. I just um, needed, you know, you just need those shows sometimes. Oh, yeah. You need The Office sometimes, you need 30 Rock sometimes, you yeah. need Parks and Rec sometimes just to get together with your old friends. Uh, we also watched a movie that is currently streaming on Amazon. It was... In indie theaters a while ago, it's called American Animals. I loved it. It's the story of a group of college freshman boys 
who decide to steal some rare books from the special collections room in their university's library. Um, and it is part documentary and part standard film. So they have interviews with the actual boys and their families. Mm. And the boys are portrayed by actors as well, really, really good actors. Um, and it is the story of this heist that failed pretty miserably. And it's really fun to watch because they carry out a heist the way you or I would. Huh. Like sweating, like super uh -huh. nervous. Everything that could go wrong does. Huh. And just, it's really, really entertaining. Um, it's called, what's it called again? American Animals. American Animals on Amazon. On Amazon. Okay. I believe we rented it. So you have to pay a little okay. bit to watch it. But for us, it was worth it. Really recommend American Animals. Uh, that's everything I've been watching, except for a reason for gathering here today. HBO's miniseries, mm -hmm. Sharp Objects, based on the book by Gillian Flynn, author of Gone Girl. Nick, did you watch it? I have not gotten the chance to watch it yet. All right, Eli and I both watched Sharp Objects, mm -hmm. and we both have some thoughts. How many episodes was it? Eight. Was that enough? Yeah. Um, yes. Meg liked it a lot more than I did. So I've heard mixed reviews, so I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys thought. Last week we talked about Succession. Mm -hmm. uh, Nick, you watched Succession. Loved it. Succession's a fun series. Yes. Right? Like, yeah, they're terrible people. They're doing terrible things, but it's like kind of funny, mm -hmm. really interesting. You can you can watch an episode and then step out of it and oh, go yeah. about your life. Watching Sharp Objects was like being slowly drug, dragged drugged, <laughs> down to the depths of hell <laughs> for 50 minutes at a time. And Meg loves that. <laughs> it's so like unrelenting in its somberness yeah. and uh, like the southern gothic. You like feel humid watching it. It's true. Like, uh. The sound of crickets everywhere and all the characters are sweating and yeah. it's like kind of a white trashy town and there's like their big industry is pig slaughtering. Like you just feel rough watching yeah. this show. So we did like an episode at a time and then we'd watch an hour of Seinfeld to like <laughs> cleanse our palate. Yeah. That said, when the series ended, I wasn't nearly as disturbed as I thought I would be because okay. everyone said, oh, the end, yeah. you're not going to believe the end. And at the end, I was like, I believe that. Yeah. I read Gone Girl. I know what this lady's about. I enjoyed the series. It's not like a standard mystery where you're going to get like the ins and outs of a whodunit. It's more about the mood than about the plot. Okay, that, I agree. Yeah. Because, and I think maybe that was part of the reason why I didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to, was I I thought it was going to be like this big reveal at the end and we were all going to be just totally shocked. Uh, spoiler alert, but I mean, don't listen to this if you're going to watch the show. Right. Anyway, spoiler alert. I It kind of seemed like on episode two, I don't know if you're going to watch I'm this. I'm going to watch them. Regardless, so I on like episode two, I was like, okay, so Patty Clarkson's poisoning her daughter, and the daughter also has something to do with the murders. Like it was just like I, I thought that right. they revealed that early, right? And I was like, did they mean to reveal that? Oh, they must just be trying to get us to think that. But in the end, it'll be like Amy Adams is doing something janky on the side, like or whatever. 
it got to like the very end and I was waiting for like all the big reveal in the last episode and it just exactly was what I thought the whole time. And by the way, I'll just say, I'm not very good at predicting the endings of movies and TV shows. Like I'm like the idiot who is in like the most obvious movie typically and everyone's like, we all saw that coming and I'm like, we did. You know, I, I watched movies with Meg where like at the end I'm like, what? And Meg was like, they kind of revealed that. Like, so like as someone who is not very good at predicting the endings, I like kind of, I like knew the ending before like episodes before it happened. And so I, it was sort of a letdown for me by the time we got to the end. I was like, everyone's been freaking out about this last episode, but it was just kind of like, let us confirm what you already knew. What, did you feel that way? Okay, so Nick, I'm sorry, we're going to spoil it. Go for it. Uh, so for me, the shocking part wasn't that she was poisoning her children, which, like, again, that was pretty clear. Like, this is a messed up mom. Yeah. The teenage daughter's got some stuff. Like, yeah. she's super volatile. The best actress I've seen on screen in, like, a long time. Like, that kid's going places. She's really good. Uh, but you could just tell there were things off with her. And, like, I knew she was involved somehow in these murders. I knew that she wasn't innocent. That was clear from the beginning. What was just so like good to me, something that was just like a good writing, was using the teeth in the dollhouse, which had been like a central theme of mm -hmm. the whole story. They keep coming back to this dollhouse, and in the end it's revealed that the teeth from the girl she's had murdered is the ivory floor of her mother's home. Like, to me, that's just, like, good, fun yeah. writing. That was a fun twist. That was the most fun episode for me, which maybe makes me a morbid terror. <laughs> it's pretty dark. It's dark. It's a dark series. Um, not only is it about the murder of two girls who show up toothless in mm -hmm. town, uh, but it's also about trauma and how Amy Adams has failed to deal with trauma in her life mm -hmm. and her coping mechanism has been cutting herself. Mm -hmm. How uncomfortable did that make you? The cutting? Yeah. Um, I was more uncomfortable with her alcoholism. Like her alcoholism stressed me out because I don't know that there's a scene where she's not drinking vodka out of her water bottle Yeah. in the entire eight episodes. And so the whole time that was happening, I was just like, oh, this is not good. Someone needs to get step in there and help this person out. This is not good. The cutting was like a, a reveal that happens about halfway through the series where I thought the first episode was it that early. Yeah, you see all the words she's cut on herself when she gets in the bath. I must have missed not been paying enough attention, but because I, I there were several episodes in where it shows her skin um, doing so she's doing something and it shows her skin and you see, I think it's maybe like a gross sex scene, but um, <laughs> cause there were a couple of gross yeah. sex scenes in this, by the way, be yeah. warned. Um, but it, it suddenly like occurred to me like, Oh yeah, she's been wearing like long sleeves in every scene yeah. of the show and she's been covering herself up. Um, I don't know. That was really sad to me, but I got a little bit lost in the flashbacks to when she was in like the facility on suicide watch or what was she in there for? I think she was there for cutting. She just wanted to stop. The reason why I got confused about those flashbacks was they did nothing to make her look younger in the flashbacks. Like even her hair was exactly the same. I think it was pretty recent. Like within the last year. Yeah. But she, was that facility in that town or was it in another place? It was in St. Louis. 
Oh, yeah, I didn't pay enough attention to this show. <laughs> I was so confused. They kept flashing back, and I was like, wait, is this present time? Is this when she was in high school? Because she looks like she's 40. Like, it was just so confusing to me. Yeah, and there are a lot of confusing flashbacks of when she's in high school, and she goes from, like, a pixie cut to really long hair in a year, which yeah. is not possible. Um, but the... The facility flashbacks were important because she had bonded with this young woman who yeah. eventually killed herself drinking poison, which is, you know, a theme of the show. Everybody's yeah. drinking poison on this show. Um, and that that was the worst part for me, was watching her roommate's suicide. What was the point of the of flashing back to those to the facility then? To show her trauma. Okay. That she's still recovering from. Okay. So they were trying to make make sure that we understood that her trauma was current. Recent. Yeah. Recent. Very recent. And I kept thinking it was supposed to be like an old flashback. And involved a teenage girl. And toward the end of the series, she's believed that she saved another teenage girl in her sister when actually she saved the town killer. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Okay. Maybe it was me. Like, maybe I'm the problem and I just didn't pay enough attention to the show because I did get distracted a lot. But it just, the some of the writing seemed confusing to me. And maybe the problem for me was that the writing wasn't quite interesting enough to keep my attention. Sure. Um, I will say the most positive thing about the show to me was how great Patricia Clarkson and Amy Adams are in it. They're both phenomenal. In I it. thought everyone was phenomenal. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys because... I've thought for a long time Amy Adams, she must have a really good agent because I think she gets put in really good roles, but she's not great. Like, I wouldn't say that, like, she, she steals the show and anything that she's in. So I wanted to hear, you thought that, was this, like, the climax of Amy Adams? Have you seen her so in, in anything better? We talked about this last week uh, mm-hmm. in that her breakout role was kind of Julie and Julia, hmm. and her character in that movie is Awful. very obnoxious. And so a lot of people have had a bad taste in their mouth yeah. from Julie and Julia. She is really good in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I feel like it was the perfect role for her to say, I am not enchanted. I am not rom-com. Yeah. I am. And kind of Chris Messina, too, who plays the detective in the town. Like, he's only ever the boy next door in everything in the Mindy Project. They did that Julie and Julia together. Yeah, that's right. He's yeah, the they... husband and Julie and Julia. Okay. Uh, and... Very different characters in huh. this. Very dark. Uh, I think it was a good move on both their parts, and they both did really well. Again, the standout to me was the uh, actress who plays Alma, the, the daughter, the, daughter, the teenage mm. daughter, who's actually Australian. Uh, she oh. managed to just really carry every scene she did, and every scene she was in made me so nervous. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what she was going to do next. Loose cannony. Very loose cannony. Very like mommy dearest and also party girl. And the way they dressed Mm. her was really well done. Again, if you're looking for like a mystery crime show law and order, this is not it. Mm -hmm. It ended and there's some loose ends where you're like, what? Why was that even included? Why was there a hunting shed? Oh, yeah. Half the flashbacks weren't necessary, but it does create a very strong mood. Um, and I think it's successful in that regard. Know that you're getting into a long slog where not a lot happens, but you'll feel really awful. Mm. They're not 
bringing it back for like another go around, are they? Not. They keep doing that. It's really annoying. I kind of wish Big Little Lies wasn't coming back. They're bringing that back? Yeah. With Meryl Streep. So of course I'm going to watch it. Of course we are. We're going to watch it. But it was perfectly fine as, a, as I, it was. I loved how it ended. Because I that's wanted where it. the book ended. Yeah. Don't. I could go on and on. <laughs> um, and you have. I have. <laughs> uh, I guess the HBO president in a meeting said that to not do more episodes of like Game of Thrones would be corporate malfeasance. Like, <laughs> which. It makes so much fair. money. Yeah. yeah. And like people are going to watch it. But also like, let's be better than that. Let's. Let's let things end. Mm-hmm. I really hope there's not more sharp objects, because then I'll feel obligated to watch it, and then I'll feel terrible again. I think if there were if there were more sharp objects, I actually would not watch it. Really? I don't think I would mm-hmm. be interested enough to pick it back up. I will watch Big Little Lies, even though I'm annoyed that there's another one coming. Yeah. Well, like Westworld, I didn't do season two. I didn't either. I, I couldn't finish it. You did, so you did not. No, I didn't finish. I. I I had to agree. I kept going, oh, Eli and Meg told me. Like, I got to like episode five and I'm like, I, I can't do this anymore. But True Detective season three is coming back. And it looks good. Season two was horrible. I only but I think I'll come back for season three because Mahershala Ali is the lead and he's awesome. So here's a True so. Detective brag. Ooh. Uh, I am good at predicting the ending of TV shows mm-hmm. and I was watching it with my husband who'd watched it previously and is a masochist, so I was watching True Detective for the second time. <laughs> and I saw a guy and I said, that's the killer. And he got really quiet. And I was right. <laughs> <laughs> it was like episode two. Nailed it. Oh, it was so anyway, thanks for joining us this week. Any other thoughts on sharp objects before we depart? No, I will say uh, I would recommend it to like 15% of the people I know. Yeah. What hmm. 15? People you don't really care. People like Meg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people who like dark, uh, dark media. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Join us next week when we'll be talking about crazy rich Asians, and we will see you then. Bye.